Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Another week, another pod, and another series to break down and to take a look at a bit further amongst ourselves as hosts and amongst a few of the players who played in this series. So uh, another crazy week out here in MLW Wiffle Ball land, but uh, this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. As always, I am pleased to introduce my host for the week. We have the lovely and beautiful Daniel Schultz and the charming and vivacious <laughs> Jack Agnew. Wow. Fellas, wow. those were some words. Just, what an just, intro. Just, pull, just, just pulling out straws here, trying to keep this thing entertaining. I mean, when you're, not, when you're 98 <laughs> weeks deep into a wiffle ball podcast, there's only so many things you can say. What does vivacious point. even mean? What I don't mean? know. <laughs> Is that a real word? <laughs> Vivacious is definitely a word. I, I, I have never heard that it. word till it sounds, today. It Why don't sounds you Google good. it, Mr. Podman? Sounds yeah. elegant. Why don't you make yourself I, useful? I, I will. Man. I'll look it up right now. Dan's exhausted after his two-hour DoorDash. I am not today. exhausted. Man, he came. He came limping downstairs after his hard day's work. I was asking Dan. I don't understand how profitable DoorDash can be nowadays with five dollars a gallon gas. It can't yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you're relying a lot on just people being generous with their yeah. tips. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Hey. Do what you got to do to get food. Yeah, table, exactly. exactly. By the way, vi- nothing wrong with paying the bills, Dan. Nothing nope. wrong with it. Vivacious means lively in temper, conduct, or spirit. So you were right on the money, Tom. Yeah. Look at that. Perfect. <laughs> Super Perfect. vivacious guy. Hit the nail on the head there. Jack, the hair's growing too. I can see it. It's growing quickly. Oh, yeah. We're starting to get a little fro going. Little, uh, little straight edge, you know, huh. all the same length here going on with the buzz cut. How's the lady nice feel about third, the uh, third grader look? The tight hair. Oh, she's fine with it. I think. I think she. Uh, I think she likes it either way. You know, I don't think she has too much of a preference. I mean, normally I would, you know, have this little uh, trimmed up on the sides, but mm-hmm. um, considering the fact that summer's upon us, I usually try to grow my hair out a little in the summer. So we'll see how fast it grows. But um, yeah, I, I mean, how you doing, Tom? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there. It's just been busy, man. Been busy. We had a uh, yeah. Ma- the Mallards played on Saturday, and of course we'll get into that series next week after the YouTube video Can't drops wait. for that and all the details and the exciting things that happened from the series. So uh, we'll get into that later. But for now, we'll talk about what's out there in the world and public and known. Um, the last video that went up was Preds versus Gators. And yep. uh, I think we dropped predictions last time on the show, and yep. I'm not certain that any of us thought the no. Preds were going to take that series. I think I said Gators no. sweep. That's what I truly thought. I said Gators 2-1, I believe. And I remember. I forget what I said, but I think I said Gators two one as well. I don't know. I just, I was, I'm, I'm always high on the Gators because they perform so well against me. But um, man, oh man, the Preds came out just firing on all cylinders. What a series for the Preds! Yeah. And um, I was the only one present at the series. Daniel was doing God knows what, Jack <laughs> studying, and uh, so I was there. I witnessed it. I saw every every pitch. But um, you two who just soaked up the video, um, what were your kind of just overarching thoughts on the series as a whole um yeah i mean like i like i said like i don't think i got this prediction right i don't remember exactly what i said but um hats off to the predators i mean that was kind of the question mark that we put on their team or at least i did in the off season was were they going to be able to support their pitching you know their bullpen mm-hmm. and they really showed that they could in this series um against a team that i actually respect from you know, from a pitching standpoint, now it didn't go well with my thesis that Jorgensen. You know, they got after Jorgensen a little bit in Game Two. 
Um, and I think we'll have him on the show to kind of get his, uh, you know, get his perspective on that. But the Predators just came out and, you know, they were had the normal Predator attitude. I felt like the Gators look kind of just a little bit deflated all day. You know, long game one loss, I felt like kind of just spewed over to the rest. And, you know, you know they were able to to get one at, in game three, but it was it was definitely getting close. So. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like my overarching big takeaways, I would say, you know, if you're a Preds fan, this is so awesome to see, because like I said, it was kind of a question mark, you know, McGlade pitching too Mm -hmm. very well also, you know, makes you happy when you see that. And then, um, from a Gators perspective, like, I mean, maybe kind of just write off, write it off as a fluke in, you know, Jorgensen, uh, in game two, um, it, it, it wasn't a great showing by any means. It, it was less than I expected from the Gators. But like like I said, in these first couple of beginning series, like you can't really read into it too much. But that was kind of my perspective. Okay, that's fair. Dan, how about you? Yeah, really pleasantly surprised with the Predators. Brennan with three home runs, down to his last strike. You know, just really amazing stuff there. War to hit a bomb. I uh, didn't see too much from Mac Holly. Uh, looking forward to seeing him. More the rest of the season. Got on base a lot. Yeah, he yeah he did. Yeah, it looked I, like he had a really good eye, honestly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Preds looked good. Got the bats going. Uh, McGlade looked solid on the mound. I'm curious to see if uh, they go with Cratch or McGlade in those game threes later on in the season. Uh, and then yeah, the Gators for like the second year in a row, it seems like in the beginning of the season they've kind of you know showed like Agner said been a little deflated. So we'll see if they pick it up in the later stages of the season like they usually do. But uh, I liked what I saw from Zerlag at the plate. I thought he made some good contact, hit a homer. Um, but yeah, I think Jorgie's going to have to improve on the mound. And Cheatham, I thought, played pretty well overall. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give, I think Cheatham kind of solidified. I mean, he, he always, I think, kind of got that nod over the past year, you know, as being the guy who's like 1A to Jorgensen mm-hmm. being 1B or maybe even a little bit more. But I think after this series, even though it didn't necessarily go Chris's way in the first game, he so definitely solidified himself as like the, their number one guy, in my opinion. Um, and there's room for Jorgensen to grow there. But I just think that's like kind of clear cut for for Zerlag going forward when he in, in terms of making decisions. Yeah, I mean, Cheatham looked great in game one. Um, unfortunately, he didn't come away with a win in that one. Um, mm-hmm. They were down to their last. They were Cheatham was one strike away. That's how close yep. that last yeah. game was. It was unbelievable. Um, he pitched six innings. Had only given up one run till that point, and then Russell. I thought pitched. it was a good pitch, honestly, too. The one Russell hit out. It Russell's was like a, it was like a good overhand good, drop. Yeah, it was an impressive yeah. you, hit by Russell. What do you say about what do you say about Brennan Russell in May? It's incredible. I mean, I feel like I feel like it, uh, Kyle kind of Kyle kind of slipped that into the audio. Um, where he was just like Brennan Russell in the first series of the year just always comes out. And just smacks it all over the yard. I feel like that's true. Like, no, I, I don't know what it is, but Russell definitely like builds up his average in the beginning of the year. And I, that's so like unorthodox to me. I don't understand yeah. that because we'll get him on here in a second. We're waiting for him to call in, but and I'll confirm this. But I don't think Russell has probably swung a wiffle ball bat up until maybe no. two days prior to the series when him and Alex. No practiced. way. I know, I know they did practice once. Yeah, but it's just. Maybe it's just like he's not thinking about overthinking yeah, it too much, and he's just like thinking. out there having fun. But it's this is not like a one-time thing. This has happened last year too. He comes out and hits two, three homers in the first series of the year. Usually in the first yeah. inning, he goes yard. 
I'm almost certain last year in the first inning in their first series, Russell went yard. And I'm always amazed because, yes, he's yeah. dedicated, but once again, he's not like a guy who I think is like really, really grinding. But uh, here he is in the, in the call now. Russell, thanks for joining in. us. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? We're just hyping you up and gassing you up a little bit. But, um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, what's the secret, man? We've seen it not just this series, but last year, too, and even in years prior, that you are seeming to be like the most prepared guy out there, series number one across the entire league. Is it strictly coincidence or <laughs> like what's the deal? Um, that's a good question. You know, it's something I'm trying to answer myself because obviously if I could have that, you know, those same, I guess, stats throughout the whole season, it would end up a whole lot better uh, I mean, for me personally towards the end of the year. But I don't, I don't know what it is, man. It's just series one of every year, I feel like I'm going to be really, really rusty and just underperform. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, it's just instinctual. I, I guess that's the best way for me to put it. Um, I really don't know. Like first pitch this series, like literally the first pitch I saw from Cheatham, I had all <laughs> one and I, I blacked out basically. What I don't is, really remember it, you, cause you and Warda got together right before the series. Yeah, yeah, we went out and we went onto the field and just did a little bit of BP and. Uh, but I guess, BP is so different than game reps because yeah. you know Warner's just lobbing it in there for you, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we're lucky to give each other even a decent. Yeah. Uh, BP pitch. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We went out there just to, I guess, get our uh, hand-eye coordination back into not sitting at a computer yeah. all day sort of mentality. Um, but it, dude, I wish I wish I could know exactly why. Why uh, first first series is usually so good for me. What a legend! Uh, well, translate the rest of the season. Yeah, I think there's I think there's always something to be said about playing loose, and it seemed like you guys just you know you, but the whole team specifically that day, like we're playing loose, energetic, like the Preds way, um, and that was that was awesome to see you do that. But you know, down in, in game one, you're down to your last strike there. And you've you've been in these situations before and come out on top, but like, do you think of or do you feel like you're someone who experiences a lot of pressure in that situation, like down to your last strike, or is it sort of just like another A B? So, in the third inning, when we had the chance to win, in the bottom of the third, we had a chance to mm-hmm. win, and I was in that. It was in the same situation. I actually felt a lot more pressure when it came down to that first pitch by pitch thing that Kyle threw in there. Yep, mm-hmm. I was actually like. All right, that was breathe. just a tie game, like, though. You weren't down at the time, right? Exactly, right. exactly. So I had, I felt like I had a better chance to at the moment. Um, and then after that inning, obviously, went kept going on. I just became more, like, more and more loose about it, and just not mentally like grieving over striking mm-hmm. out or whatnot. And um, so, yeah, I guess towards the end, it was more like I, I, it wasn't included in the in the YouTube video, but I remember t- looking at Tom because you were like right along the side of the plate. And, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, Tom, tell me I'm doing because you're great at calling it. I was, I, like, I, I was like, tell me I'm doing. You're like, no, no, I'm not I doing totally, it. I, I <laughs> totally on, rejected man. him because Russell does oh, always look no. at me because I tend to call his home runs. And I was like, nah, this is not the time. <laughs> and sure enough, kid hits a homer. And, and like, it kind of shocked everyone because that was a long game, six inning game. It was game one. So me and Kyle were kind of like, oh boy, buckle up. Another long day at the Meadows here and another long week of editing for Kyle. So like, I could tell Kyle's like, 
of course, we're we're thrilled for the the good game and the content, but we're like, how much longer is this game going to go on for? So yeah, we see Cheatham about to close it out, and we're thinking, okay, Cheatham just strike out Russell, game one's over, and we're good. And then boom, and it's a walk off home run. Like yeah. I was not expecting that at all. And I remember I was filming, like Russell said, from the side, and I didn't even see the ball go over the fence. But like he hits it, and in my head I'm like just focused on filming him, filming him, and then I like hear Kyle start to talk and commentate, and I'm like, oh my god, that was a walk off. <laughs> like, I was like I couldn't believe it, but um, yeah, that was that was nuts. I um I wanted to ask you too. So game one, congratulations, two homers, walk off, that was sick. Um, during game one, I think Rudy Ramirez also showed up, um, in his cowboy hat and his Carhartt T-shirt, usual Rudy. Um, do you think just his presence and him being there played? at any kind of effect in this series or I don't know. I mean, you're talking about playing loose. I feel like he's the definition yeah. of keeping you guys loose. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you look at it statistically, we have never lost the series when Rudy's present. Ooh. So, oh, look at that. I don't know. I mean, stat. even though, even though he like last, last year, the first two series of the year that he was there, uh, we won both of them, even though they might've been by slimmer margins um mm -hmm. we won those and then he didn't show up for the second half of the year because the schedules just never worked out um and we ended up losing every series from that point on and i think it was like his demeanor that he brings to the field is just like you know wild loose and and energetic and mm -hmm. i guess it helps us like calm down a bit when he's just cracking mm -hmm. jokes and making everyone laugh and stuff so i, I definitely think it helps in that aspect um so yeah i mean i don't know i, I was happy you showed up obviously it, it did the trick for us but a little bit short i mean he, he i think he left before the third game started that's what i'm saying he was only there for like, he was the there at the end of game one and then he stayed for game two and then he left i think yeah yeah we call it coincidental but i think the statistics at this point are are proven it true hey co that's correlation a does not What's the statistics saying, Dan? I didn't take a Correlation stats course. Correlation does not know. infer causation. That's correct, Jack. Thank you very <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, there you go. Jack's one still in um, school here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I personally think, I mean, that's a hilarious stat. I didn't know that. But I personally think, um, I, I said it earlier on the pod, like you could just almost see in the video the energy difference between the Predators and the Gators. Um, and I think that, had an impact on the series for sure. And mm -hmm. Rudy, you know, may or may not have played a part in that, but it was at least cool to see him there. Right. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, obviously, was the decision to pitch McGlade in game three. Um, you know, I don't necessarily hate the decision, but I, I wanted to get your point of view on it. And also, if you have any insight into like the discussions that went down, like, was Cratch kind of gassed from a long game one, or was it just like McGlade's hot? We're gonna go with him. You know what was what was Ryan's reaction? Like what was Steven's reaction? Right. So I know in the past, at least last year, we had that discussion a lot where, um, you know, they were seeing like there's uh, teams would be seeing Cratch pretty well in the beginning of the series. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd like we'd lose game one, and then Steve would come in, we'd win game two, and then we'd end up pitching Cratch game three, and we'd lose game three. Um, and obviously a lot of those were really close games to the point where we probably could have won them if we, if our bats were just going, mm -hmm. um, and kind of in the off season, we were talking about like, Hey, like whoever's 
playing best, like is going to play, like obviously our, our roster is getting pretty big. Mm-hmm. So um, we're just like, whoever's feeling better that day, whoever's hitting better, whoever's pitching better, that who, that's who's going to play. I ended up sitting game two as like a pre discussion thing that we already like had agreed upon that. Like I was going to sit game two, let Mac get in there and get some pitches and uh, see how he does. Um, so I was kind of really out of it at that point. Mm-hmm. I was out of that discussion. I didn't really know Steve was going to pitch game three until we got to game three. And that was honestly duly because of Cratch saying, no, like Steve just let up like one hit against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch Steve and uh, let it be that. Um, and then at the end, like Cratch came in at the end and and made it a little bit. I don't, I don't really remember exactly how much, how much tighter it was because of that. Um, I think he let up all, I think he let up a home run to cheat him like right away and then settled, settled down. And then right. you guys like scored what like five yeah. more runs or whatever but <laughs> yeah, it'll yeah so it was yeah so it was more of like i personally like and if if it was like if i was part of that discussion when we came to choosing between cratch or steve i probably would have said let's go with cratch again mm-hmm. um just because like they were getting ground ball i mean they weren't hitting too well off of crash comparatively speaking. yeah uh however i mean there it would have been a fine decision to go with either at that point it was just you know you know Grand, a couple walks and a grand slam. I mean, that's hard to come back from. Yeah, I don't really think you can say, even in hindsight, like one way or the other, like we should have went with this guy or that guy. Yeah. Like it kind of was just, you know, when I ri- when I originally watched it back, I was like, ooh, I, I'm I'm surprised just based just off the like experience of Cratch and like he's just pitched more times in the like, he's pitched twice in a series more times than Steven has. You know what I mean? And like the predator, like you guys were already two and zero. Like you could have made, like you could have like been like, you know, we're gonna go with our number one guy and like really make a statement for like the sweep. Mm-hmm. But like not like not not that Steven couldn't have got the job done. But like mm-hmm. that was my initial reaction in my head, and and I don't I don't really think there was a wrong decision. But um, that was like my take on it. But yeah. I, I appreciate the insight. I think that's probably most people's take on it specifically because you know like we. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. In the retrospect of things, of yeah. saying like, "Oh, we could have gone crash. We could have gone gone three zero, but yeah. who knows what the outcome would have been?" Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I think it was. I, I think the different or the the choices really makes a very very small difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's not like it's not like the Gators were hitting bad, particularly throughout the day. Um, it was just the timing of their hits and when they exactly. got. I think game. I think That's game true. three they just got some timely hits. With the ball's so, all about timely hitting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Russell, moving on to the your next series uh, against the Wildcats. How excited are you guys um, and playing in Toledo? Yeah, dude, it's it's awesome. I'm actually really excited about that one. Um, so I part some of the time I work in Toledo actually, and the oh, other wow. week, the other week we were I was down there and they had like Mud Hens opening day and the city was amazing like i've never seen or never imagined Toledo to be like that mm-hmm. like going to going into the mud hens uh stadium and stuff it was really cool like the atmosphere was awesome so i'm actually really really excited to do it well um, you're gonna be playing on that field russell who would have thought russell's been with us a long time he's, so he's awesome. in this moment but yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun june 12th if you guys are listening better be there but yeah toledo that's that the area around the stadium is super cool and we're gonna be doing some mm-hmm. cool stuff all day long so Looking forward to it. Looking forward to having Russell out there with us. With us, but uh, congratulations, Russell, on a great series. And uh, Russ, 
Thanks for joining us. Sorry, Tom. Last thing I just wanted to say, I really appreciate you going out there and repping the veterans in the league and showing these young <laughs> yeah. guys that we can still do it. I agree. You know, we talk about on this podcast so much about, oh, all this young talent coming in the draft pool, all these new guys, <laughs> the old greats still got it. And Russell proved that. So <laughs> I commend can't. you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks, brothers. You appreciate can't it. undervalue those reps, Jack. Russell's been at yeah. this for years. Man, it takes <laughs> minutes to learn, years to master. It's like golf. But uh, yeah. I mean, even at this time, I'm still changing my swing up and still trying to. <laughs> Russell's still trying just, to he's just talented. He, he knows he knows how the wiffle ball moves. He knows who has what. Like he's a uh, he's a talented guy. I mean, his, his swing. I wouldn't say it's most. I feel like a lot of guys in the league don't really have conventional swings and that kind of stuff. But he gets the bat on the ball. I mean. Three dingers in the first three games, not too bad. What do you say? Yeah, not three dingers. Bad. But that's all you need to say. All right, Brennan, we'll let you go. But uh, thanks again. Yeah, take care, fellas. Take care. All right, Brennan Russell, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for him. Great guy. Him. What a series for him. I made a TikTok about him today. How's it doing? Let me check on it right now. You guys, make sure you follow us on TikTok. We're going daily content lately. We're going hard on the TikTok. Oh, Russell, look at him. Forty-nine comments and twenty k views in only a couple of hours. Kids. Wow. The kids are going crazy for Mr. Brennan Russell. But I, I love watching Russell play. He's a guy who five years ago I wouldn't have pegged him as a long-term guy in MLW. <laughs> I mean, I always knew him. Like we got, we, I knew him in like middle school through mutual friends. We'd hung out a couple times just, once again, through mutual friends. And then he started playing wiffle ball, um, friends with Warda. And then through high school we got a little closer. And then after high school just, he just kept playing MLW year after year after year. And he's like so invested in it now, and I love it. It's, uh, it's pretty funny. But you were saying, Jack, like he's keeping the veterans like and with with a good face. And I think, um, yes, there's veterans that go through growing pains. I think we've seen that with myself. Daniel had a rough outing yeah. last year in his first series. Yep. And I think it can be a shell shock a bit or a wake up call, I should say, when some of the rookies come in and are so talented right out of the or out of the gate. Or a yeah. lot of us veterans who like came into the league were not so great at first and took us a long time yeah. to adjust. But um. No, I think a lot of us um, are able to adapt. And like I said, the reps are so valuable. And playing MLW rules and that kind of stuff um, has a pretty big uh, impact on, on your your skill level. So Russell's been around for a, a long, long time now. And, and uh, it shows. The Preds are a raw team. I mean, you guys yeah. saw the documentary. They're a very raw team. It took them seven years to win. They were kind of the laughing stock at first. And, you know, Warder's in that same category. Him and Russell came into the league at a very similar time. I think only one or two years apart. So, um They've been, in Alex in Alec Warda's words, they've been through thick and thin, and uh, <laughs> they just have great chemistry, and, and they can play. I mean, they can play. The addition of Cratch was huge for their team, and you know now they've added more pieces as well. But I think a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Preds fans out there who just love the personalities, love their style of play, and love how raw they are and how they just have fun. And um, I think Russell embraces that. And like he said, he's like, I don't know, I just kind of did it. That's just kind of how they yeah. are, though. They're all athletic kids. Who have played a lot of wiffle ball and have a lot of fun, so uh, it all uh, works out for them. I was thinking yeah. back on it, I totally got robbed. Like Cratch just like left my team. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I know we, we didn't have like set like a like trades in place, but like I got nothing in return for that. I always think back, like he should still be an eagle. Like why did he leave? You let him walk, Dan. <laughs> you didn't see the value. I know, of him. but it's you, you like didn't, you didn't give him his you didn't give him his time. Yeah, Dan. It was time for him to grow. He did. He flourished with the Preds. I'm happy for him, but. I still like. He's sitting over there. We got no head. return. It's bogus. That's speaking bogus. of the uh, speaking of the you know new guys coming into the league though, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on uh, Mac Holly. Obviously, we didn't see um, who, uh, Reese is on the Gators, Reese, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Uh, obviously, we didn't see him. But what were, what were your guys' thoughts on 
on Mac Holly. I mean, so uh, how do I want to word this? So overall, a good performance. He didn't go out there and embarrass himself or anything like that. Um, I think he hit two out of the three games, if I if I'm correct, um, was yeah. in the lineup. I don't think he did much with the bat, like from a hitting standpoint, but he got on base probably more than 50% of his at bats. I yeah. bet his OBP is above 500. So just being him being in there and seeing the ball, and at least you know he's smart enough to not chase pitches out of the zone and know when a pitcher is struggling and whatnot. So I mean, he did his job. Um, yeah. And you know I didn't really expect him to be like a big contributor for the Preds, even though he was selected at number two. You know, the Preds kind of have their core guys, and I didn't expect um, their captain, Ward, to, to be letting go guys like Russell or Cratch or McGlade. I kind of knew yeah. that Mac was going to be used sparingly and um, kind of just intermixed amongst those guys. So um, I think there's other draft picks in this class, such as who I selected at number one, who are going to play bigger roles on their teams, right. whereas Mac yeah. is not like that guy yet. He, he has a role in the Preds. He's a role player. But... Um, I don't think, um, from a talent standpoint, like we haven't seen enough yet, but he did, he did fine in his first showing, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought his performance, I thought his game plan was good. From what I saw on film, it seemed like he was very selective at the plate, which, you know, first series, that's a good mindset to have because, like, being too over-aggressive, like, I know as a pitcher, like, that's exactly what I want from a hitter. Like, mm-hmm. I can just throw whatever right. junk I want. Like, especially your, your first, you know, series, you just want to be selective. You want to you understand the strike zone. Yep. Because like the, the strike zone's small, so like be selective. Get the pitches you want to hit. Uh, he got on base, but yeah, I'm curious yeah. to see like will Rudy play very much this season? Are they going to stick with? I I assume they gotta you know give Holly more reps, but it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. You know, they got a big roster, so it's we'll tough. see. Yeah, you gotta man manage the talent. It's tough. Yeah. Um, I think Daniel, you're de- dealing with that right now. Yeah. The Preds are dealing with that right now. You My gotta find you guys. Going. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. So. Um, I will say, um, last thing just about Mac, and then we'll jump with uh, with Jorgensen. But um, I thought that he, it like it, it showed some maturity that he wasn't going out there and doing what Dan said, like just swinging at everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he was he was being selective, figuring out the zone, and also sort of like the Preds in the past. Like we talked about their timely hitting from last year, and you know maybe not scoring enough runs to support their bullpen, but. Um, that like him getting on base instead of having that being like no offense to Rudy mm-hmm. or like a Trevor Hotman like getting out after maybe you know batters one and two got yep. out and that's like the last out of the inning instead it's like an additional base runner and it gives someone like Warda or like Cratch or Russell another chance you yeah, know what exactly. I'm saying so absolutely like, that yeah. kind of adds up and that makes a big difference they were able to put a lot of runs on the board so I mean, for, you know, a team like, say, like the Wildcats, who had like a Ryan Kelly, who'd like always just get on base and then, you know, give their A1 guys like another chance at, to bat. Like, mm-hmm. that formula works. So I thought I thought he had, you know, overall good showing in his rookie debut. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. All right. Before we get into an interview with Brendan Jorgensen, I wanted to take this moment to read off a brief ad from the Apex Wiffleball League. Commissioner Anthony Parada, a.k.a. AP, continues to out-hustle, out-work, out-play, and outlast going into the second Apex Wiffleball summer season. After a short winter season as well, the league will consist of eight teams who all bring elite defense, phenomenal pitching, and of course, lots of dingers. To watch this summer's league, go subscribe to the YouTube channel Apex Wiffleball and check them out on Instagram at apexwiffleball underscore league. Thank you, Apex Wiffleball League. Check them out. 
Okay, Jorgensen, now your turn to speak on the series, which unfortunately for you ended in a 1-2 loss to the Predators. Um, but first series of the year, you guys also lost your first series last year and still made the postseason. So I want to get into first just game one, uh, a six-inning battle. Um, how discouraging was that to lose that one um, when you guys were one strike away from victory? I mean, you could probably see my reaction in the outfield. Like, I didn't move. Like, I just saw it over the fence. Like, I think Chris, like, put his hands on his head. I didn't move. Like, that's that was one of the worst defeats, like, I've ever experienced in sports and in wiffle ball. And it was like, dude, one more strike. That's all we needed, and we would have <laughs> won the series. And it was just – it was brutal. Like, it would have been a lot worse if I was pitching. But I can – so I can attest to what Chris is feeling. But, yeah, that was that was brutal. That's how it goes, man. That's wiffle ball. It's it's brutal. I mean, it's just so close. Game of inches. You know, we say it all the time. But does that sort of heartbreaking loss kind of lead into the blowout in game two, you think? Or, you know, is there anything else that you have that could maybe explain sort of what went wrong in game two? Um, I mean, I get a little bit. I don't really think it was too much to deal with it. I mean, I mean, I was doing my warm-ups out there. I was pretty mad just because we lost that barely. And mm -hmm. I just think I just think it was a lack of control. I don't know, just like I would throw a riser, and it wasn't like missing by a lot, but it was just it was missing, and they were just being patient. And then those base runners added up, and then once they hit one, it's a three-run shot or a grand slam. So I mm -hmm. just think it was – I think I just need to work on my location. I mean, that, but like you said, though, you were frustrated warming up, and it's just – it puts you 180 emotionally. Like you're thinking one more strike and we get, we're one to know, we're one to know. And then boom, all of a sudden you're 0 and 1 and like trying to play catch up in the series. And that sucks for you who hasn't even pitched this year yet. Um, so I don't know. It's tough. I understand like how difficult it is. And you've seen me struggle last year. It's, not, it's no, no surprise that my ERA was like 35 last year. So I've, I've been there. Um, but, you know, when you go out there in your first outing of the year and they start to knock you around a little bit, like, how does that affect you mentally as a player and as a pitcher, as someone who is probably going to have to pitch against the Eagles, who, as we saw, are our solid team? Yeah, um, it definitely got to me mentally. I mean, you could probably tell I was just towards the end, third inning, I would strike someone out, just no emotion. I was like, whatever, let's just get out of this game, get go in game three. So, I mean, I've definitely, and it sucks because I've been working a lot. I've been doing bullpen sessions in my backyard. It's not like I'm just totally raw going there. So it was just kind of shocking. But I mean, the Preds were hitting good. I mean, when I was throwing strikes, they were hitting it. So I mean, I can't really do much about that. I think Wars Homer, I threw like a, I mean, the drop hung a little bit. It was a good it, pitch. He, yeah. Yeah, he made it look easy. Yeah, yeah, it did. He just kind of pounded it. So. Yeah. That that's one thing I'll say. Like I felt um, you know, you had like some walks in there, but by and large, like you were throwing good pitches. They were just seeing you for for whatever reason, just hitting good that day. But um after that, you know, performance and that's sort of like, oh wow, you know, now we're 0 and two. This isn't where we thought we would be. How confident were you um in Chris, you know, to go and finish off game three there at the end and and kind of avoid that sweep? I think we had what I told him exactly after game two is what happened last year opening day. I mean, we lost the first two of the Cobras. The second game was just as heartbreaking as game one was against the Preds. So I was just mm -hmm. like, all right, well, we did this last year opening day. We went and got the third game. Then we rallied all the way back and made the playoffs. So it was just kind of like, yeah, we yeah. the ball. We need to pitch well this game. And luckily, 
we were able to barely get enough runs because that last inning was yeah. scaring the crap out of me. Oh, it was scaring all of us. I couldn't believe what was happening, and I was like, are they really going to do this? I would have really felt for Chris if somehow the Preds managed to complete that comeback. Um, but I will say, like you said, um, just getting that win in Game 3 is huge because for the first three series now, each and every one has gone um, 2-1 either way. So now in the National League, we have the Eagles sitting at 2-1, and one, but then you, you and the Diamondbacks are both 1-2. Yep. and two. So unless we see a sweep in the Mallards-Cobras game next week, you're, you're going to be like right in the mix regardless. So it's just how evenly matched the league is nowadays. Um, I wanted to ask you one more question, um, and it's about your guys' draft pick. As Zerlag was not available tonight as he's playing in his senior night in baseball. I actually was there earlier, but I had to dip out early um, for this pod, of course. Um, so Reese Harris, you guys took him, I think, what was it, fourth overall or fifth overall? Oh, wait. Isn't the four fifth. five range? Five? Uh, I think yeah, we were fifth. four, so yeah, they were fifth. Yeah, okay, fifth. five. Regardless, um, you know, hopefully a talented player. He didn't appear in this series, who's unavailable, but do you think that there's something in his game that can be a contributing factor to help this team win moving forward? Yeah, I do think so. Um, I think there is a 90% chance he'll be there against the Eagles for our second series. We already been talking to him. He's going to be leaving his house quite early to get to the series. So. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think our power numbers, like, I mean, I guess in game three you could say we all hit good. But, I mean, just overall, all three years we've been in the league, we just kind of struggled with getting those homers. You know, Chris has done his job. So, he likes got a little better last year. I still need to improve my power. So, I think we'll definitely bring that. Um, I think having like a nice dynamic with like two righties and two lefties in the lineup would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Just throwing pitchers off. And I mean, he's, I've seen him get hype. You know, we could always use the hype. There's always use for a hype man as Agner knows, you know, Mm -hmm. his team is kind of lacking that last, last series. So, so Dan can hear me, right? Yeah. Yes. We're we're coming for you, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I want some Dan. All right. He wants some dirty Dan. Served on a platter for him. I think the last person to say that was Curdy in the mic'd up session who proceeded to strike out on three pitches. <laughs> <laughs> or that was against Dallas, wasn't it? It was against yeah, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas was filthy yeah, against Dallas Curdy. Dallas was absolutely filthy. He was filthy all day. No yeah. hitter. But um, all right, Georgie. Well, as my enemy in the league, uh, I hope well actually wait, Eagles are two one, you're one and two. Yeah. I hope you guys beat the Eagles two two out of three. That's what I hope for. So you guys are both even. <laughs> or actually, should I root for the Eagles just to bury you? Because all I need to do is make the postseason. <laughs> so maybe I should just root for the Eagles. Yeah, no, you probably guys. should root for the Eagles. You should I just, probably yeah, should. I agree. But uh, I'm going to worry about our games. Yeah, just worry about your games, I'm worry about Tom. my games. Yeah. <laughs> you guys keep doing it's your too early jobs. in the season. It really is. It really is. But, I mean, like I said, every team in the league right now is either 2-1 and one or 1-2. One and two. That's how even it is. So uh, maybe Reese can be the spark you guys need. And, um, Jorgie, honestly, I think you guys hit the ball fairly well. There was a lot mm-hmm. of balls hit in play. Um, I think, unfortunately, in that first game, you know, Cheatham went yard, but it was a solo shot and extra innings, which proved to not be enough. Um, so, but I thought I thought Zerlag did a great job putting the ball in play early. Um, Cheatham hit the ball with for power. Zerlag hit a grand slam. So, really, I think it can come down to, like you said, just limiting those base runners so that when people do hit home runs off you guys, because it's, it's inevitable, it's going to happen. I'm um, just yeah. trying to keep those, so, you know, solo shots or two-run shots instead of three-run homers or grand slams. I think that can... Uh, Make a big difference for the Gators. But um, good luck next weekend against the Eagles. It'll be a showdown for sure. I'm excited to it's see it. It's always a showdown and, against um, the Gators. Yeah, good luck to you, Georgie. Yep. See you, Tom. See you, Jack. Take yeah. it easy, man. See you. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. 
It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, thank you, Jorgi. I just had to take a brief pause to go to the bathroom after that interview concluded, but I'm back now. Guys, I think I may have given myself a little bit of a stomach bug. Totally avoidable. From what? I, um... Ooh. Taco Bell? I um no. Well, it's those little <laughs> things we ate, Tom. What are they called? No, well, could be <laughs> those little donuts. Cinnabon delights. Those are so. Jack, good. are you familiar with Cinnabon delights? <laughs> yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So I took Dan fantastic. to Chili's. Yeah. I treated Dan to some Chili's with the fellas. Yeah, you did. On opening day. Naturally. And I was, we were just, we were just, I was like in a good mood. I was excited. Opening day was done. It went really well. Where the season was rolling, it was, it was, we were happy. We were in a good mood. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we need some d- dessert, don't we, Dan? Kind of like joking. And I was like, let's go get some Cinnabon Delights from Taco Bell. And he kind of looked at me like, what was that? I didn't know what they and were. I was like, you don't know Cinnabon Delights, bro? They're amazing. So we went and got a little four-pack. Fire. How yeah. good were they, Dan? They were free, too, weren't they? They were really good. They were. <laughs> they so were it free. was from Taco Bell. Well, no, this was on opening day. But oh. no, this past weekend. So I, um, when I went and got Robles from the airport, um, I was asking him, like, we were going over the plans for the the day for the game day and i was like yo um i was like grab some breakfast at your hotel and then um, we're gonna be at the field from like nine till three probably i was like you want me to like pack you a sandwich or something like that like just a quick snack he's like yeah that'd be great so like i'm his mom and he's going to school i packed him a little ham, <laughs> ham and cheese sandwich that was funny. Made nice. it for myself of course but anyway so i ate my ham and cheese sandwich at the field at like 11 before we even did the intro or anything like that and he's like, oh, I'm not hungry right now. And then the day kept moving, kept moving. And then we're driving home. He's like, I never ate my sandwich. I was like, oh, it's all good. Whatever. Um, so anyway, I had that in the lunchbox in my backpack. Oh, God. And then I took him to the airport, all that kind of stuff. It sat, the sandwich sat in my backpack in the lunchbox overnight. Yesterday, I was going to a concert. And I was like, I probably should get a little bit of food in me before I leave here. Because I might not eat dinner for a little while. And I was like, oh, where's that sandwich? So I, I <laughs> mostly because I didn't want it to smell in the garage. I was like, I don't want this to be rotting food in my bag. So I, uh, I went in there to get it out and throw it away. And when I grabbed it, it was like still cold in the lunchbox. I was like, this is probably what? still a good sandwich. So, <laughs> so I started to eat, eat it. I eat the ham and cheese sandwich. Oh my God. And I'm eating it. It tastes fine. Like I said, it was cold still. And maybe this is all in my head, but. I swear, I ate like three quarters of it, and I was like, you know what? This is kind of nasty. This has been sitting for a day yeah. now, about. And uh, I don't know. I got the heebie-jeebies, so I tossed the last like quarter of the sandwich. But I swear, about an hour later, my stomach just started turning <laughs> and turning. I was at a concert, so I was just holding it and holding it. And then I just felt awful last night. Like, going to bed, I felt terrible. Woke up, had a stomach ache. Just had to use the, the restroom a minute ago. I don't oh. know. Maybe maybe something in the ham sandwich went bad, or it could just all be in my yeah, head. Yeah, I was gonna say it could just be psychological. I think it it probably is psychological because, like whatever. I said, it was cold still in the lunchbox, so I don't think yeah. it was like warm enough to go bad. And it, obviously, if it tasted bad or smelled funny, I wouldn't have eaten it. But I didn't want to waste old, the food. The old day old ham Sammy stomach bug. <laughs> As if a ham Sammy isn't already kind of mediocre when you're eating it the day it was made. <laughs> you, eat it, you eat it a day later. It's not the greatest food, but. I mean, you don't want to waste oh. a sandwich, it was just, do you? Just ham and American no. cheese. That was the only I thing. I probably would have done the same thing. Mayonnaise. That's probably that's probably the bad thing. call. Was the mayonnaise? If it would have had mustard instead of mayonnaise, probably would have been fine. But I bet maybe the mayonnaise was, maybe the mayonnaise had turned. Maybe it was the mayo. <laughs> maybe it was the mayo. I don't know, but I'm I've, feeling better. I've done that. I've literally done the same exact thing before, though. I probably 
two months ago or like three months ago, I went to the store, bought some sausage, didn't really look at the date. Like oh, I, I went to Aldi. I went to Aldi. So like some sometimes their dates are a lot closer and like the food's cheaper or whatever. I'm in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to Aldi and um, yeah, the sausage. I didn't really look at the date. And then I bring it home and it's like either that day or like tomorrow. And so I was like, all right, fine. Like I'll just cook in the morning for breakfast. Yeah. I mean, usually it's good. like, usually like the It'll day of the expiration date or even after is not like yeah. that. It's usually fine. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like usually even like a little, little bit after I test a little sniff test. You're usually good yeah. to go. So that's the thing is I, I did kind of do the sniff test and <laughs> it was like a little bit sketchy, but it wasn't like too <laughs> sketchy enough for me to be like, there's no way I'm eating yeah, this. Dude, it's and I'm like, money you, you know, I that. paid for this. Like, yeah. I wanted some sausage. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm going to just eat it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna cook it up in an omelet. I'm going to eat it. And I did. And the omelet was fantastic. And then <laughs> and then practice rolls around around 1230, mm. around 1230. And I have never had a pain like this oh, in my man. stomach before. Like it was the the combination of like that happening while also like running around like doing physical exercise yeah. like because i couldn't just like stop mm-hmm. like i actually did at one point have to like sneak away mm-hmm. and like go to the bathroom because it was just like this is like this is, i can't this is too uncomfortable yeah. i can't do this anymore. well that's the situation that i was in yesterday i was jumping around in this pit of people yeah i was like well i'm i can't go to the bathroom now so i was yep. <laughs> i was just it's painful in a tough dude. situation it sucks. yeah yeah, so I know exactly how you feel. That actually happened to me like quite recently too. So. Have you ever gotten like actual food poisoning before? No, I don't think I've ever been incapacitated from food poisoning. You know, I think for me, one time I think I don't really. What even is food poisoning? First of all, I don't even know. That's a good question. I think I it's know. just. I think it's just when you eat something bad and it comes you can't out. really control it on either end. <laughs> <laughs> That's the definition of food poisoning. I think well, it comes out wrong. Yeah. Well. I've had that happen many times to a, to a, a minor extent, let's say, like not incapacitating fully for hours on end. But one of the worst nights of my life, Jack, um, I was a freshman in high school. This is 2014 spring. And my family was going to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for spring break. We were driving there. My mom, my dad, my two sisters and myself. So I'm, I'm in a good mood. You know, I'm, I'm ready for spring break. We got off of school, some halfway decent weather. And we're driving down, and I think probably maybe three, four hours into the trip, um, we stopped for some Mexican food at a restaurant. Some, not, I think it was not a, not a chain. It was some local spot. Nice. And uh, I think I got some kind of enchiladas or something, and it came with like a guacamole salad. I don't. It was it was pretty good from what I remember. And um, I'm sitting in the back seat of our car afterwards. And I'm like starting to feel kind of car sick. Like I'm just, I've been in a car for, you know, hours and probably six to eight hours that day. And I was kind of like complaining, like, mom, I don't feel good. They're like, oh, I'm probably just getting car sick, which I do get like motion sickness sometimes. Like if I'm looking at my phone or reading a book or whatever, like staring down too much. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, just get to the hotel. You'll be fine. Get to the hotel, go to bed. You'll be fine. So we get to the hotel at like midnight or one o'clock. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I feel so sick. Um, I'm thinking once again, it's just from the, the car, whatever, I'm not thinking much of it. I lay down, um, in the hotel. I think there's two beds or two beds and a pullout. I'm on the pullout by myself. I lay down, go to bed. I think, like I said, around one o'clock or so. And then at like 2 AM, I just jolt awake. And for the next four hours, man, I'm just in trouble. 
in <laughs> wow big, four hours. I mean, it was all night. I probably got up like six to oh eight times. Oh my gosh! Just full body cleanse. Awful. I'm like sweating. I'm feverish. It's it's just awful. So then, my dad being my dad, it's like 9 a.m. now, or probably 8 a.m. earlier than that. And they're like, all right, let's get up and go. Like, we got to get to Myrtle Beach. And I'm like, I'm dead. Like, I am on yeah. a lifeless body on this, <laughs> on this bed. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't go. And he's like, I can hear him. Like, my sisters and my mom are like, let's just stay. He's so sick. And he's like, no, we're going, blah, blah, blah. He's just being an idiot. So he grabs me and drags this pale, green, lifeless body out to the parking lot. <laughs> and as soon as we got to the car, I get in. I buckle in. We hadn't even left the hotel parking lot yet. And I'm like, nope, pull over. Got sick again in the parking lot. And then he's like, all right. He's like, my mom's like, okay, kid, just go back inside, I guess. We'll wait in the hotel until he feels better. And my my dad's like, no. He's like, he's fine. (laughs) He just got sick. We could drive for a couple hours. If he has to stop, he has to stop. So we start driving. And I'm sitting there in in that back seat, dude. And I'm just like, eyes closed, not moving a muscle, just like praying. The minutes mm-hmm. are ticking by so slowly. Just, I'm like, get me to Myrtle Beach. Get me to Myrtle Beach. And we're like driving through the mountains here, West Virginia. Like, we're spiraling through all these oh, winding great. roads. Oh. And I just feel terrible. And it went by so slow. We get there. I, we don't have to stop again, actually. It was apparently, it was a lot of my system. Either that or God just allowed me to not get sick again. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we couldn't check into our room until 3 p.m. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I want to go to bed so bad. So we go to this little, like, it's like a seaside type, like, hotel place. Mm -hmm. And, like, we were able to get access into the pool area and the beach area, just not into the room itself. So I literally laid down on a lounge chair, um, fully clothed, put a beach towel over my face, my entire body, and just passed out. I was out cold. <laughs> I remember I woke up and my my mom was like, "I thought you were dead." <laughs> she's like, <laughs> "She's like, I pulled that beast towel off you. You were sweaty. You had your eyes were just dead closed. You barely breathing." And I, yeah, I, so I the room was open then, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've made it! I finally made it!" And to be honest, I was not okay the entire week. Like, I was able to you know go outside and do some things. But I remember I would eat like one meal per day. I had no appetite. Um, like even drinking water was kind of hard. It was just, it was terrible. And I would oh, never dude. wish that upon my worst enemy ever. It was awful. That's a tough that vacation. Sounds, that sounds horrible. It was. Isn't that like that the, it's like the, horrid. I mean, I survived, but like as a parent, that just has to suck. Like you're trying to enjoy your vacation yeah. too and you have a sick kid. Yeah. Like that's oh, yeah. terrible. If my mom was on this podcast telling the story of me getting sick in the hotel room, it would be probably too graphic to even describe, but <laughs> I don't think she enjoyed herself that you, night either. You got to be able to roll with the punches. There's no way that you could have no, known that so you get food poisoning. Though, right? so, so unfortunate, though, right? So unfortunate. <laughs> so unfortunate. And Is that anything like that ever happened to you, Dan? Uh, not really, honestly. I it feel like I've gotten so pretty bad. lucky, honestly. Nothing to that extent at all. If I've ever gotten, quote-unquote, food poisoning... That was the day because yeah, the food tasted okay, but it, I don't know. Something happened. I mean, I've had There's, other times too. Where, like I remember one time my mom and I both got Jimmy John's and the same night we both got sick, like not that badly, but we were both sick and like mm-hmm. maybe it was something with Jimmy John's that day. But I don't know. It's, I don't know where flu comes from, illnesses come from, whatever it may be, but that's the one time where I've never been sick like that. 
and it was yeah. pretty quick. Like usually, you know, you're sick for like maybe one to two days, kind of feverish. And yeah, yeah. I, I had no appetite. My stomach was really messed up. Like I said, I couldn't eat anything. But really, it was only about from 2 a.m. until 8 a.m. where I was like sick, sick. If I don't want to go into more yeah. details, but yeah, you feel me. So that's where I think I had like something I ate was like bad. Did I actually, you know, now that I'm, th- now that I'm oh, thinking gosh. about it, <laughs> did I ever tell the story when I when I was like thrown up at school oh, God. in high school? When I, did I tell this story? <laughs> no, but. Oh, my gosh. All right. This is actually like a hilarious story. So, OK, this will be good. I so I had some I remember in the morning I had some like yogurt and granola <laughs> and okay. it, I was like, all right, it's all, it was weird, but I, I it, it tasted fine and I didn't really think much of it. And then go through first hour. I'm fine. And then second hour, I remember was art class. And like we're working on like these projects and stuff. And I was like, I went up to the teacher. I'm like, I think I'm going to like, I think I'm <laughs> boot right now. Like, I need to go to the go to the bathroom. And she's like, all right, like, just go. But then I was like, uh, you know, like, I'm fine. Like, oh, this is like no. embarrassing. Like, I'm not going to go. Yeah. And then like, I go back it's and it's like five place. minutes later. I'm like, all right, now I'm sprinting. So yeah. like, I'm sprinting down the hall. I don't make it to the bathroom. Oh, and so I puke Jack. all over the uh, hall. No, wait, this isn't even like, this is in high school. It's just getting started. High school. So I, yes, this is in high school. <laughs> How did I so not I, know about this? So I puke all <laughs> over the hall. You know, the hall in the basement, like where the art room yes, was. Yes, I know exactly uh, where this is. All over that bro, hall. You, <laughs> you kept this under wraps. How did I oh, not hear about this? This, bro? Is, this has been under wraps. If This is exposing me, yeah. but it's fine. So then. This just so happened to be the day that like the that there was a senior like assembly <laughs> during first hour. So now all the like oh, everybody's out that you like yeah. don't want to look like an idiot in front of yeah. are coming back from their assembly and are like walking around my puke to like get uh, into the art class. No. And there's like who did it? And it's just like me, just like, <laughs> oh my god, like this is so embarrassing. And then so I'm like, but to be honest with you, after this, I was like, I feel fine. Like, I, I think it was That's just good. like a one-time thing. Like, I'm fine. So then I go into third hour, which was Spanish class. And now it's like the same thing's happening. Like, I got to <laughs> puke. But like, it's it's in the middle. <laughs> oh We're like God. going over like homework. Why didn't stuff. you go home? Yeah. So I don't know, dude. Everyone <laughs> asked me this. Like, why I didn't go home? Like, <laughs> like remembering it back, it was just that after every time you I puked, so good. like, I felt so fine that yeah. I was like, like I, I, to be honest with you, like it sounds nerdy, but like I didn't really mind like going to school. Like there were certain days where it was like, this mm-hmm. sucks. Like I don't want to go. But, like high school, it was like it's fun. You're with your friends all the time. Like yeah. Yeah. whatever. But um, so now it's like I, I gotta, go, I gotta go puke again. And I, but we're like in the middle of like going over homework or something. So I walk up to the teacher's desk and I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom. She's like, we're going over homework. Yeah. Like you need to sit down. And so I sit down and now it's like, you know, literally in my Emergency mouth. So I go up to her and I'm like, you got to let me go to the bathroom here. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, I'm not letting you. you so I'm just what? like, screw it. Yeah. And I just run to the bathroom. I actually made it to the bathroom this time. Good. Puked again. Mm-hmm. And then I got back, felt fine once again. So the last the last two legs of the story are go to fourth hour, which is bio. And they happen to be showing us some gross oh. documentary, like inside some, like it was like inside a human or like something just disgusting. Oh. 
So that just got me going for the third time. Oh, no. Barely made it to the bathroom. And then at that point, after the third time, I was like, Mom, you got to pick me up. And then I didn't I didn't even (laughs) wave the white flag. Third time's a charm. I was like, yeah, I got to get out of here. And then I didn't even make it into the doorway like to my house before puking again. Oh, my God. And I puked probably like a few more times. So I can't believe I forgot that story or I've never told. I don't think I've ever puked that many times in a single day. It was bad. It was like to the point where like I had nothing left to give. Well, yeah, when I go, when my body starts cleaning itself out, it goes like, I guess so. Yeah, like between five and ten. Um, yeah, I have one more story I have to tell. I'm running out of time here, but I have to because it's so funny looking back <laughs> on it. <laughs> At Michigan State, uh, it's probably a day in March. This is my freshman year, and I wake up, feel horrible, which is like not normal for me. It was an 8 a.m. class. I woke up. I couldn't even finish my bowl of cereal in the cafeteria. I was like, oh, I feel terrible. I thought maybe I was like. Maybe like low blood sugar. I don't know what it was, but I just felt awful. So I took like a couple spoonfuls of cereal and then was like, I was like, I can't eat anymore. So I go to my 8 a.m. class. I go to my 9 a.m. class. I go to my 10:20 class. And in the 10:20 class, like now I'm really feeling it. Like I'm barely able to keep myself awake. I'm like feeling kind of nauseous. I'm like, what is going on? I'm thinking in my head, like you didn't eat breakfast. Maybe you're just hungry now. Like maybe you do have low blood sugar or whatever it may be. Yeah. I'm across campus at this point now, okay? And I'm on my bike, and this is in March, so it's cold. Like, imagine me bundled up, a sick kid on his bike. So I, like, get, like, I come to my senses. I'm like, all right, I got to get back to the cafeteria where I live, and I got to eat, and I'll be okay. So I get myself out of this auditorium, get on my bike. I'm in my winter coat and jeans, boots, whatever, and I'm just pedaling across campus, probably like a mile bike ride. And I'm on this bike path, just cruising, and like in my head, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I feel so sick, whatever. And I'm cruising. I make it all the way there, okay? I survive. I'm like, wow, I made it. I lock my bike, go right upstairs to the cafeteria, and I get in the line for the pasta. So I get myself some chicken Alfredo, my favorite meal. I'm like, this will do it. This will do me just right. So I start eating the Alfredo, and I'm like, kind of not feeling very good, but I'm like, come on, keep trying to eat. You'll feel better. You'll feel better. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, you know what? I think I actually might be sick. But I'm like kind of in denial of this because like I don't want to. Yeah. You, know, you never want to go like. You don't want to You don't want to give in. You don't want to give in mentally. It's yeah. half the battle. Yeah. Because yeah. once you give in, you can't return. So I'm like, right. nope. I'm like, let me just go to the bathroom. Maybe I'll just go number two. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna puke. Yeah. Here. So I leave my plate. And I leave my backpack up there. Or actually, I grab my backpack. You never leave your backpack. Leave your laptop. It's a bad idea. Leave the plate of food, though. Grab my backpack, and there's a bathroom in the cafeteria. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to casually walk over here and go to the bathroom. So as I'm walking over, I'm kind of feeling more sick and more sick, and I'm like, oh, I, th- I think I might throw up, you know? And I'm like, I'm in public. Like, this sucks. And I walk to the bathroom, and it's closed. They're cleaning oh, it. And then, no. then my heart sinks, and I go, oh, no. So then I got a beeline to the – I start, you know, picking up my pace here. I'm walking yeah. faster towards the stairway of the cafeteria because this cafeteria is upstairs in the complex mm-hmm. and it's a giant staircase like you're basically two floors up so i'm thinking the nearest bathroom is around the corner like i forgot there was one at the bottom of the stairs okay but there was for for the sake of the story i'm thinking the nearest bathroom is like another 100 yards away so mm-hmm. imagine me like flying down this three <laughs> these three staircases <laughs> like full speed backpack on. i'm like i'm gonna throw up i'm gonna throw up i'm gonna throw up and all of a sudden like jesus himself placed it there i just see the shimmering light of the men's bathroom at the bottom of the stairs. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a bathroom here. I go right in, barely even got the stall door closed and started to get sick. And I was like, if this bathroom was not here, I was screwed. I would have yeah. embarrassed myself publicly. And I remember, wow. so I, 
I do the business and I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel a little better now. But I end up getting sick many more times that day. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I clean myself up. I put my backpack back on, put a smile on my face. And I remember I walk out the hall and I remember I saw two girls that I knew that lived in our building. You're like, hey, Tommy. And I'm like, hey. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like I just puked in that bathroom. <laughs> but I just kept on walking. I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Went back to the room and went to bed and it was just an awful day. But another funny food poisoning story, I guess. But um, sorry we got sidetracked, guys, but. Let's be honest. Being sick sucks, but it, it can create some funny stories if you make it, really it through. Can. But when you're sick, it's, if you can it's, laugh at yourself, it's yeah. so miserable. Like last night, I was miserable for a little while. Um, but to reel it back in here and to bring this podcast home, um, Preds Gators, great series. Glad we, glad we got to break it down with Jorgie and with Russell. Um, both those teams looked solid. I mean, the Gators pitching was a little shaky. Preds bats looked great, and um, it'll be interesting to see how those two seasons pan out. Last two teams to play this year will be the Cobras versus the Mallards. That video will be this Friday on YouTube at 4 p.m. Um, a lot to talk about for that one, guys. Just the series yeah. itself. Um, uh, me and Robles hanging out for the first time. Um, everything gameplay-wise, it was just it was super exciting. Um, I don't even know if Jack knows what happened yet, but I have be, no clue what happened. I could I could make a prediction. Up, yeah, make a prediction. Does Dan sure. know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was Dan was there. there. Dan knows. Um, prediction. I don't get any insight as to who actually showed up for the Cobras, do I? Uh, sure. No, we'll, we'll leave that. Right, out. No insight. No, no insight. insight. Um, like like you're a fan. Uh, like I'm a fan. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one. Mallards. Okay, that's fair. Two one Mallards. That's fair. I um, you know, my goal is for a sweep as always. It always should be, but I'm I'm hoping for the best. But um, yeah, it was an exciting day for sure. It was a crazy it was definitely series. Uh, yeah crazy series, crazy experience. And um, I can't wait for the video to go live. And um, Me too. also, pipe I'm it up, excited. listeners can hear this first little sneak peek. We had Brendan Baker, who was kind of our photographer at the field for that series as well. And yep. you guys may have already seen some of those photos kind of floating around on Instagram. But I told everyone to not jump the gun. All the Cobras and the managers, I was like, don't post yet on your main feed. And we're all going to kind of post like these really cool pictures like together on Thursday prior to the series to like hype it up a little bit. So that'll be cool. So stay tuned for that. I, Jack, I might post on Instagram this week. I haven't posted in wow. eight years. This is a big deal. That's big time. That's, That's a big, a big deal. deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> so, yeah. Looking forward to that. Exciting stuff. Last time I posted on Instagram was before both of those food poisoning stories. That's how long ago that was. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, crazy week, exciting week. Um, one last thing I want to plug, guys, is, like we said, Toledo Series, June 12th. That's one of the coolest things we've ever done or ever planning to do in MLW. If you are in the Midwest region or even outside of that and you are able to attend, we would love to have you there. I would love to meet you all and just support the movement, guys. We really appreciate it. And uh, until next week, this has been episode 98, episode 99 next week, and then the big, big century one. mark in two weeks. I've got some cool stuff planned for that. Thank you for listening. This is Tom signing off. Peace. Details and excitingness, another word that doesn't exist. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that again. All the details and uh, exciting. Uh, <laughs> good blooper. All the Dan, what about you? Yeah, I, I would agree with Agner. Um, you know, the Preds uh, didn't really, really pleasantly surprised with. Uh, um, Get it together, buddy. <laughs> with with Brennan, were you gonna say Brennan? Yeah, I was gonna say with Brennan. Right, start, uh, start that over again. Yeah, right. you're good. It's funny. Got pooped um, out for a